Do you ever wonder how some people just seem to have so many cool opportunities just fall into their lap? Do you have a feeling that networking might have something to do with it, but you're not quite sure what it really means to network? Well, today I'm chatting with dietitian Sunoy Escobar about the power of networking for creating new opportunities for yourself. Sunoy shares her definition of what networking is and how it can be a very casual and easy thing to lean into. We discuss how embracing your uniqueness can help you stand out and how to believe in yourself, even if you're just beginning. I think you'll be super inspired by some of the stories Sunoy shares and walk away from this episode with some excellent points of reflection for your own life and career. And like the last episode I released, this one was also recorded before I had my baby. So Sunoy has actually made a lot of progress with her business, Evolving Dietitians, and is now releasing her signature course, Instagram for Nutrition Bloggers. So I will put a link to that resource in the show notes on my website at theunconventionalrd.com. Just go to the post for this episode and you can find the link there. And as always, if you're listening and you're looking for a space to connect with other unconventional wellness professionals and entrepreneurs, come join my free Facebook group. There's over 12,000 people in there chatting about entrepreneurship, online business, and marketing. People even post unconventional job opportunities there, so definitely head over to Facebook, search for the Unconventional RD community, and request to join. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Unconventional RD Podcast, where we inspire dietitians to think outside of the traditional employment box and create their own unconventional income streams. We'll talk all things online business to help you start, grow, and scale your own digital empire. Hi, Sinoy. Thank you for being here on the podcast today. I am very excited to talk to you about the power of networking for attracting more career opportunities. I think that is something that really stands out in your professional experience and background. Um, So I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast today to talk with us about that. Thank you for having me here. I'm very, very excited. And uh, let me tell you, I learned about you because of a networking event. And from there, I took your course, I developed my blog. So yeah, net, networking is powerful. Well, great. That's a perfect story. <laughs> so I always like to start these episodes by just getting some background on my guests. And I know you've had a really wide variety of unconventional career experiences in dietetics. I know you've done everything from like national spokesperson work. You founded an internship. You created meal plans for a celebrity business. You wrote cookbooks. You've gotten your doctorate. Like that is an insane breadth of experience. So I'd really like to dive into some of those opportunities and hear more about, you know, how these things came about. But let's go back to the beginning. How did you get into dietetics in the first place? And maybe a higher level level overview of your career journey so far. Well, the the way I got into dietetics was actually funny because I took a semester off to work on a cruise line. And uh, I was doing an undergrad in hospitality with a heavy emphasis in restaurant management. And I saw in the cruise ship how different people ate in a place where you can eat anything and everything you want. That got me interested in dietetics. So I finished my degree and went back to grad school for nutrition. And, uh, and after that, I was just really open to opportunities and then just different opportunities came and I kind of knew a pathway that I wanted to take. 
but I have been always very open to opportunities and, and try to be as prepared as I can to take them. So what did you do first when you graduated? I did, like everybody, a clinical job. <laughs> uh, well, I was working on a week as I was doing my, my grad school. But then I went to a hospital, but in the hospital, along with that, in the first year, I, I met a few people that got me a start in advertising. And that's a career that I had parallel to, to clinical for as long as I've been practicing. And when you say you met people, what does that look like? That was, uh, well, I was part of a childhood obesity committee. And the, one of the participants of this committee knew the head of an advertising agency. And when she was asked, so do you know a dietitian that speaks Spanish that can serve as our, as our national spokesperson? She gave my name. And like along with that, I had met her in a health fair, like super random. This lady had just come to my booth and I started talking to her and I would chit chat for the longest time. And then, you know, like when I went to her office for an interview, it was like, oh, it is you, I know you. So that, you know, that uh, started my, my career in, in advertising. And actually I lasted with them uh, for about 12 years. And, and she left because this group kept on moving, but our client was uh, Milk Life, which is the former Got Milk campaign. And I, I stayed with the group for, for almost 12 years. Wow. Well, that's so serendipitous too. And such a great example of putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. And you never know what's going to come from it. Because when you initially met that woman, it's like, who knew that you would meet her again in the future, you know? Yes. But that seems to be a recurring theme. It happens to me like all the time. Is that how you got some of these other cool experiences too? Like, I yes. know I saw that you did some meal planning for a celebrity business. I don't really know 100% what that means, but <laughs> it sounds cool. So how did that come about? Uh, I, I met him in, and he's a, a Spanish celebrity. So I met him in a friend's of a friend's house, actually with my sister. So she's like, oh, you know, let's go to these like little meeting. We're going to just cook some and we're going to just enjoy very casual. So I went I, I went to that meeting or to that like party, small party, and I met him and like we started talking and, and he's like, I know I have the feeling that you and I are going to work together at some point. I'm like, sure, sounds great. But nothing happened. Few months passed and I used to talk a lot with this physician at the hospital in the nursing station and he introduced me to him professionally. Uh, so again, it was one of those things that you met again and you're like, oh, you know, hi. So you're not a stranger. You now are someone that, that you know, a, a face that is familiar. So the connection happened a lot easier. And again, that's a relationship that um, has kept on, on developing. And I don't work with him all the time. I just like uh, have helped him um, for certain parts of their business. But, you know, I just keep, seen his face in many places it feels like you have a very open spirit kind of like you just put yourself out there and things just come to you almost which I totally relate because I feel like sometimes that happens to me as well even just like in the online space I'm not so much involved in my 
real life community, but definitely in the online space, it's like, you just, things just come together. (laughs) It's just a weird way. So I know you, you personally credit networking and things like that for a lot of these opportunities that you've gotten. So if you had to define what like networking means, how would you define that? I think it's just put it out there. Uh, you put yourself out there. You talk to people. You and and I'm glad that you mentioned the online space because I feel that now there's two places where we meet each other. One is the real work, and and that could be from belonging to a running group in your community to you know attending to your local uh, professional association or by creating friendships online. Yeah. Sometimes I struggle with uh, quote unquote networking because I feel for some reason I have this perception that that's like something that really extroverted people do. And, you know, it requires a lot of interpersonal interaction and that kind of drains me. So I'm like, maybe I'm not so great at networking, but in other aspects, I think I am just maybe online. (laughs) So do you think there's like a certain type of of skill set or personality that helps people network or do you have any tips on how to get better first I don't think that you have any issues putting yourself out there I honestly I feel like you are one of my best friends because I have listened to your voice so much I mean through your courses through your uh, Facebook group that you know like I feel that I know you so if you tell me, you know, hey, you know, there's this uh, thing going on, this uh, symposium, this uh, course, then because I have interacted with you so much and you're out there that it's just, I don't know, it's just easier to, to um, do anything with you. And certain personalities, I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I'm not an extrovert. Um, uh, I'm very introvert. I will be very happy living in my house all the time in a cocoon, but I, um, I force myself to go out and I tend to belong to groups where I have an interest to belong into, even though that they might not um, necessarily, I'm not doing it for business purpose or for anything, but like I like running. So it's nice to run with a group of people. And from there, I got the receptors for my interns. Yes. So it's, 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 it's just, talking to people, growing your social media, putting yourself up there one way or another, whatever feels more comfortable to you. And uh, the last thing I'm gonna say about this, my, I, I've run an internship program. My interns are very, very iffy about um, talking to physicians. They're like shaken to the ground, to the core when we tell them, yes, call the physician in the case and you tell them about what are the nutrition needs for the patients. And they're like, oh my God, no. By the end of the internship, they're best friends with the physicians and they are very a very important part of the team because they force themselves to do it. What I heard you saying kind of is thinking about what comes naturally to you and how you like to connect with people and your interests and just knowing and having the confidence almost that through exploring those things that you like and just getting to know people that stuff will come back your way. It's not like you intentionally plan it and you're like, I'm going to meet this person here or this person over here. (laughs) It's just uh, being open, I think. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, I think you put it in a really nice way. And again, you never know what is going to come your way when 
or who is that person that is actually going to give you the connection that you want to grow in a different way. And I love how you said, even with the example of me feeling like I don't really do a lot of networking, but then you coming back and being like, but your podcast is almost like a form of networking. It has like a dual networking purpose, actually, when I really think about it, because there's people listening and I'm connecting with them Although it's only kind of like a one-way connection until I get feedback from the listeners and on other channels, because podcasting's like, you can't like comment really <laughs> on the podcast while you're listening. But it's also a way to connect like we're doing right now in mm-hmm. interviews, which, yeah. So I guess you're right. Maybe I am better at networking than I thought. <laughs> so what I hear you saying is that do what feels good. It's not about the ulterior motive. And I also picked up a tidbit from what you were just saying with reaching out to people that you admire, like in the the doctor example, even people that you might feel intimidated by, like a physician or another person in online space or wherever you're hanging out and you want to meet people. I think the person on the other side wants you to reach out to them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they welcome that. You might feel like, oh, who am I to be just like cold messaging this person or emailing them, but people don't do it as much as you might think. Like as for example, somebody who runs a podcast or like a large Facebook group, I don't get that many people just like reaching out to connect. So when people do, I, I mean, you remember them, you remember the people who participate in your Facebook group or email you a question or something. So definitely, I agree with that advice. Like you just never know. You never know what opportunities are going to come. No, you never know. And um, people connect in many different ways and many different reasons. And the worst that can happen is that you reach out to them and nothing happens and there's nothing lost, you know? If you never reach out to anybody, then you never even have that initial spark or name recognition to get the ball rolling potentially in the future either so yeah I always say my interns uh, I push them to network a lot and uh, just we were very active before COVID in the professional organization in our local chapter of the academy and a couple of them got jobs because they they knew the dietitian so when they were ready to apply they could send the email and their resume directly to them. And uh, many times when you apply through the, <laughs> through the uh, website, you get no response, but you do get response when you email this person directly. And one thing, one story that I can tell you about that is um, there was this one job that I wanted to, I was freelancing and I wanted to like a couple of stable days. Um, and I had applied like a couple of times, no response, then through someone, she connected me to the hiring manager. I got the job and I, I loved the job. But on top of that, in that place, I met uh, my ex and I have a beautiful child out of that networking connection. <laughs> well, that's a really wonderful example of everything coming together. What? So I, you just mentioned that participating in like the local academy chapters was really helpful. Is there any other sort of organizations or platforms maybe more in the dietetic space that you've had great success connecting with other people? Well, definitely the local chapter of the academy helps a lot because the people that are 
there locally for you, but Facebook groups are an amazing way to connect in one way or another. Um, I love your group. I, I, I've been really very invested in certain groups because I feel that they have helped me a lot to grow in the, in the new space that I'm exploring. Um, what else? The Academy at the national level as well is good. Instagram, connect with, think with other dietitians in Instagram, other forms of social media, I mean, whatever platform you prefer. But I mean, there's so many ways to reach out these days that it's amazing. And don't underestimate also the power of just um, becoming involved in your community. Do you go to conferences or anything like that? I mean, obviously there's not a lot happening right now, but <laughs> in the past. Yes, I love the today's edition because I feel like they're a little bit more unconventional and the jobs and the conferences presented there, they might be a little bit different, but whatever your interests are, try not to always do the same depending on what type of connections you want to do and what things you like to do in your professional professional career. Just go to those conferences and you never know, again, what are you going to learn and who are you going to meet that it's going to help your, your profession. You know, even connecting in online course groups, I think some, some training programs that I've joined, you get access to like a smaller, more intimate community of other people taking the course. And I'm just thinking back like, oh yeah, I've totally made connections in groups like that too. Maybe even outside of just the nutrition niche. So yeah. Yeah. You actually took the words out of my mouth because I was going there. I joined your course and then I, like I did it uh, along with uh, the course that Katie Dot has. So I belong to both groups and I feel like that's so helpful. I get some of my questions answered and then I, I feel really connected with a certain group of dietitians because it's such a small group that you keep hearing or seeing, I guess, the names again and again and you get to know who they are and they get to know who you are. And Definitely. Great. I love the online courses. It's, it's worth the investment. I would say that's played a role in you being on this podcast too. I have a pretty long list of people who have suggested themselves as guests, but like when I see someone's name that I know, or who's a student, I'm like, Oh yeah, like I could totally reach out to that person. So it definitely gives people a little bit of a leg up in just getting to know, getting to know people. I love it. <laughs> it's just like a, it's fun and it's a completely different way to connect and it doesn't take as long as a face-to-face meeting <laughs> yeah I actually just a funny story I think last month when I was looking through just some of the conversations in my course group um somebody was like oh I got a backlink from xyz website it was like pretty reputable but they were like, I don't know what article they featured me in. It. How do, how can I figure out, you know, who featured me? And then somebody chimed in. They were like, Oh, it was me. <laughs> so you yeah. know, yeah. So even in that sense, people are just featuring each other because they're familiar with each other in different smaller groups. So <laughs> I think um, also one of the things I really admire about you and your story like you've really leaned into your personal unique strengths as well, like leaning into doing the Spanish got milk campaign. Correct me if that's or if that's wrong, but you, you kind of like leaned into your cultural background and your life experiences even to get some of these experiences. So I'd love to dive into that topic a little bit more. 
Well, I mean, I know that it's very trendy now to talk about cultural diversity and, and not only cultural, like whatever makes us unique, whatever mm -hmm. that is. But I didn't realize this, but there, there are very few dietitians that speak Spanish. And I grew up in Mexico, so my Spanish is pretty, um, it's pretty clean. <laughs> So I, I, I speak it and I write it very fluently and that has always helped me with uh, many of my, my jobs. In advertising, definitely, um, it wasn't until like last year when I started uh, like talking more to the general market before I was just purely Spanish and because there's not many of us, I had a lot more opportunities. And then of course, you know, I always like cooking and I cook things that belong to my culture. And I also like traveling and I take classes all over the world. Um, and, and that has also like put me as a culturally competent expert. I, I mean, I don't know how to define it, but you know, now people look for me because they know that I can uh, develop recipes with a cultural background. And while I always be like involved in the um, Hispanic, recipe development, I have a more diverse background. Yeah. And I could imagine people listening might have their own unique thing that, that they have experience in, but maybe they almost take it for granted because, and they, they're not necessarily maybe using it as an asset mm -hmm. uh, to stand out, but everybody has something I feel like <laughs> to to set yourself apart and lean into to create more opportunities for yourself. So sometimes I think when we're so enmeshed in mm -hmm. wherever, like maybe it was a place that we're from or a type of food that we like to eat or a language that we speak, we, we forget that not everyone has those skills. <laughs> and many times we even want to hide who we are because we don't like it. Mm -hmm. So I think we embrace who we are, our background, that makes it make us a more interesting individuals and, and better professionals. So it's just a matter of tap into it. And I think getting away sometimes of your comfort zone can help you because you discover a lot of things about yourself and who you are when you are not in your bubble. Do you have any examples of getting out of your comfort zone that you've done? Um, right now. <laughs> right now I'm spending a month in uh, Dominican Republic uh, in a place that is like very um, small. And I feel like just being here has opened up like different parts of my personality that I that had been shattered for, <laughs> for all the time that I had spent working at home, you know, without like that much interaction. And I know you don't have to be an extreme as that, but even just belonging to a different group that has nothing to do with the things that you do every day can help you understand better who you are. What made you make the decision to pack up and move to a different location for a while? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> There's really no, not a, a good reason for it uh, other than, you know, I can. And I hope that I can work online forever and I can have different experiences. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a second? Like you just said, you know, I did it kind of because I can, but what type of work are you doing that makes that possible right now? 
Well, one, I continue my my job as a dietetic internship director online because really you're not the preceptor of the students. So you have the flexibility to be working remotely and still getting your, your work done. Like I'm doing right now recipe development, which is, again, very easy to do from anywhere because it's not a position that you actually have to be involved. I don't know, because I guess I'm not with so many distractions. I'm actually being able to focus more on my long-term goals. So, What are your long-term goals? I, I really love working from home. I want to create a lot more um, online courses and I, I love writing. So I hope to continue to write. Well, you know, I'm all about those things too. <laughs> For the recipe development, how are you getting those connections or gigs? The one that I'm doing now, I mean, I've been doing recipe development because as a spokesperson, one of the things that we do is develop recipes. Well, in my case, that was part of my contract. And then I had different experiences. So I kind of was prepared. And then I don't know how this person found me like many years ago, like maybe seven years ago. And I did some work with her for a little bit. Um, and the owner of the company out of the blue uh, saw me in social media again. And he's like, oh, I now that I'm reactivating this, I'm going to call her again. And yeah, he called me and I've been working uh, with him as well. So it was a, uh, an experience in my past, but uh, yeah, another okay. one of those things, another networking. And then you also got your doctorate? Yes. What did you, what, what did you specialize in? It's a doctor in clinical nutrition. So it's a more practical degree, it's not as much as research and um I did it all online, <laughs> which actually made it really, really possible. It was quick. I did it in three years. And although it took some time and effort, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. It was very doable and very, um, everything that they teach is very applicable. So it's, it, it was not bad to do. And the pandemic helped me a lot because I had planned to do everything online. And because the world, the world got to a, to a stop, People like answer my surveys within a week. So <laughs> my work really speed up and went really fast. And I was able to like finish it like really quick. So what's your long-term vision? I'm just, I'm just so curious, like who do you want to serve and um, where do you see yourself going? Um, there's two groups that I really want to serve. Uh, one is dietitians because I feel like, um, I mean, I have like all the background. I've been, uh, in a way, I've been uh, teaching for so long as an internship director and as a university professor that I'm like of that group that I want to help them to continue to grow, but in a different way. So I did started a social media to help dietitians to start getting their voice out there because I'm big on that. We are the nutrition experts. And although I'm not big on titles, I think we should own our expertise. And uh, we need to do that by doing better, better marketing and, and putting ourselves more out there as the nutrition experts that we are. So dietitians are a big part of who I want to serve. And the other population that is more nutrition related, because you know, at the end, that's it. Um, women that are going through uh, perimenopause and menopause, because again, I don't feel that there's a lot of help for this, this population. So bigger picture, you're like, I can see it all coming together. Like I'm going to serve these two, kind yeah. of like two different businesses in the online space, create yeah. some programs for them, 
use your marketing background and your spokesperson background and content development background <laughs> to attract those people online. Such a good combination. <laughs> exactly. I like the way you are able to put like everything together. Uh, but, but yes, exactly. I think like everything that I had done in life can very easily land into like online courses and, and serving people in a, in a very different way to where I had served them. But at the end, teaching them the same skills that I've been teaching for, for my entire career. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's like a common thread. Um, I, I recently asked people, you know, what they wanted to hear about on, more of on this podcast. And a lot of people said they wanted to just hear from other dietitians and hear more personal stories of just like, this is where I started. This is where my career journey took me. And these are like the unconventional things I'm doing now. Cause I think people, there's, it, it's not super common <laughs> to do something so out of the box as a lot of the experiences that you've had. Um, so I think when people hear, like, oh, this is just a normal person, you know, doing these things, like I can do that too. It's really inspiring for them. Thank um, you. And it's, it is not, it's not superpower or a degree or anything. It's just uh, open yourself up to new opportunities. And you said you started an Instagram for dietitians. What's the, the handle? Evolving Dietitians. I will put that. I mean, people can obviously just go find it, but I will also put a link to it in the, um, in the show notes for people if they are on the go and they want to come back and look at all your resources later, they can find that at the unconventionalrd.com and then just look for this episode number and I'll have links um, to all of your stuff there for people to check out. Um, how's that going? Do you enjoy that project? Oh my God, I do very, very much. And, you know, it's very rewarding when people say like, oh my God, thank you. I've been trying to like do this forever and it's just uh, was not happening. And a lot of the things that now come very natural to me, I know that uh, at some point I struggle or there's just things that they don't teach you in school. So if I can, you know, if I can help someone else to have a, a bigger voice, I, I, will the honor to, to do that. thousand percent. (laughs) That's like how I started so many of the actual successful things that I eventually created online. Almost all of it originally started as a personal pain point and feeling Mm -hmm. like I worked through a struggle and I wanted to share how I worked through it with other people. So yeah. That's always um, tutorial for websites is great. I mean, it's something that is relatively simple, but I can tell you that I was able to just, okay, tutorial, computer, get it done. You know, it's just, it's just, sometimes you just need that little help to guide you through the process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Otherwise there's sometimes there's so many options and so many possibilities that I think sometimes people get stuck in like analysis paralysis. (laughs) Uh, Especially patients. Yeah, I know. We're so like perfectionistic and type A. There's (laughs) definitely been a theme of people being like, oh, I wanted to do this for like three years, but I'm still thinking about it, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. So anything that you can do to help people actually take action, I think is huge. Yeah. Because I don't know how you feel. I think you probably would agree based on, I feel like you sort of, it seems like you just sort of like jump into things that as they come your way. <laughs> so uh, it seems like you're pretty good at taking action when the opportunities arise. But I think that's where the most learning and growing comes from. 
Yes, but at the same time, I do have a background where I'm getting prepared for things and then, you know, I'm in my able to talk, take the opportunities. I remember reading a book as a teenager and um, it just uh, gives you like a, this story where you are born in a, in a high rise at a different levels and every level is a little better. And while you're in a certain level, you can spend your time um, preparing, enjoying, but preparing for the next. So when the elevator door opens, if you're prepared, you can jump in and go into the next floor. But if you're not prepared, you're going to continue being where you are. So don't think, it, don't think it too much. You have to take the opportunity because that opportunity might not present again. But you do need to be prepared to take it. So kind of like continually working on self-development and those types of things, or do you have any other tips on how to be prepared? I I think so. But what I'm saying, being prepared, that doesn't necessarily mean like getting another degree. Uh, That doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I need to know everything about renal nutrition before I can do this in, in the renal space. It means that you're working towards the goal, but you don't have to have another degree. You don't have to be a super expert. You just have to, you know, know your stuff. And that sometimes might not even mean working more on your nutrition knowledge, but it might be working on your marketing skill. It might be working on your communication skills. So you, you need to know where you are going, what is your general path, and then being able to, to take new opportunities as they come. Mm. Thank you for saying that. That was very well said. <laughs> I agree. We Another problem we often see in the nutrition space is like, I need that other certification. I need that degree. Like I, putting up almost like your own roadblocks against yourself because <laughs> you may be lacking confidence or feeling that a little bit of that imposter syndrome. And you think the thing that's comfortable, like getting a degree or doing something that you're familiar with, <laughs> like passing all these tests is the thing you need. But Oftentimes, that's not really the thing you need. Exactly. I mean, then you see like all these nutrition coaches that take like one year or three months of nutrition and they're doing great things. And a lot of them are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But you know, they just, they have that confidence where like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. And I know my stuff and I'll do it. Do you and leave I- that at all into like your internship work as an internship director? Like, is that a common thing that students are struggling with? Yeah, they don't feel that they know enough. When, like, even when they're speaking to other healthcare professionals, they're like, well, but I don't know. No, you know your stuff. Yes, you might talk to the physician and, like, he'll explain or she will explain you something else that is impacting the care of the patient. And then that's a great learning opportunity for you. But most of the time, the physicians are going to say, yes, of course. So it's not having that like confidence to like do great things. Mm-hmm. Yet some others have great confidence and, and, and they're doing great. I recently had an intern who now has like 15,000 followers on Instagram because one day she's like, I'm just going to do it. I'll get it done. And, and yeah, she's, she's great, but she believes in herself. How do you believe in yourself? I think some people struggle and they're like, I just, oh my God, yes. I don't get it. <laughs> that's, that's a tougher question. <laughs> I don't know how to answer, but I think that comes with a lot of uh, inner work and, and, and just believing in, in yourself. And, and, and honestly, if you feel like you're lacking in something, 
uh, you don't know enough about intuitive eating and that's something you want to learn, uh, just go ahead and learn it. I mean, I knew nothing about like blogging in general and I've been wanting to do it for so long and I've been like diving into that space and now I feel like pretty confident. I hope it pays off. It's a long-term game, but you know, I, I, I feel that I have the tools and I, I don't feel that I'm going there blindly. I feel like I'm going there with a, a background now and it has become like a very enjoyable journey and whatever happens, happens. I cannot control what is going to happen, but I took control about starting and getting it done. Yeah. And getting some guidance. It sounds like that's, that could be helpful from people who've already done it. Thank yeah. you. Thank you, <laughs> Katie. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm happy. Like, my, uh, my guides, um, although you probably didn't know how important you've been in that, that um, part of my life. Well, thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm a natural, just like educator. So it yeah. feels good to know that what I'm putting out there is helping. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, it, I, I feel like in whatever you do, having guidance um, can just um, speed up the process. And, and yes, you can get it from here and there, but sometimes you you don't have the confidence to to do it. And um, and it's funny that you, you talk about confidence because I feel like it's very common that we feel like imposters and we don't feel like we're good enough. That's a very common thread. And then we keep having reassurances that we are good, but many times we choose to ignore the people that are telling us that we, we are great. Do you have any tips on how to kind of like remind yourself when you're having a down day of the thing, the nice positive things that people have said about you or your work? I mean, it, sometimes it's just even get away from the space, like um, just breathe for a minute, just put like a happy music and dance and just let yourself go for five minutes. And then when you sit down again to work, you might feel better about yourself or go for a walk or go for a run. Physical activity, I think it helps a lot to elevate your mood. Um, and also sometimes just remember like all the good things that happened to you. I, I do like every three months, I, I like to set up goals for myself. But before I start setting up the goals for the three months ahead, I just make a list of all the gains that I had on the month before. Because you don't see it when you don't think about it. But when you start writing it down, you're like, man, I've got some good stuff done these three months. Totally. I love that suggestion. One of the things I have in my SEO course, I made like a tracker and I upgraded it this, this year. So for anybody who's been in my course, definitely go check out the newer version, but yeah, tracking every month, like your blogging stats. And I added some sections on making notes like, Oh, what really worked this month? What didn't work this month? And just reflecting. Cause you're right. You totally take it for granted sometimes. And then sometimes also like the bigger picture view, maybe you don't even notice the progress in the month to month, but then when you pull back like six months, it's like, whoa, it's, I had like 10 X growth and I didn't even realize it or something, you know? <laughs> no, that's, that's uh, that's a great point. Like knowing where you have been can make a difference because you can get used to the new status really quick. Another thing I started doing, I don't know if this is helpful for anyone listening 
I historically have not done a very good job of really focusing on the wins that my students have been getting either. (laughs) So people will share stuff in the group periodically. And then I'm just like, oh, yay. And I just forget about it. (laughs) Uh, So I'm trying now with my monthly office hours to kind of celebrate those wins with people. So I'll go back through and look at what people shared and actually like create prompts to encourage people like, hey, what wins did you have this month? So it's just a more encouraging space, I think, as well. So. Oh, I love that. Being recognized, I don't know, it, it, it means a lot. So as we kind of wrap up here, looking back on your whole career journey so far and all of the cool, unconventional opportunities you've had, if you had to summarize maybe like three tips or pieces of advice for people listening who are also interested in doing something more unconventional, like I know we've talked about a lot of stuff, but Maybe just off the top of your head, the top three things that you maybe wish you knew when you started or what other people should know too. Um, I wish I, I wish that I had explored the different avenues that the dietitian can take like really early on. And like uh, some of the ones I took, it was because they were presented to me, but our profession is so amazing because you can go in so many routes that why only focusing on like the one thing and the one thing only that you can do? And for my interns, it's clinical nutrition. But there's so many things that it's just a matter of exploring to choose one. Second, uh, you need to be prepared to take the opportunities. And I have talked about, uh, we have talked about for a long time today. Uh, And the other thing is just don't be scared. Just get it done. The worst thing is is that you fail. And so what? You're going to fail. We're going to fail so many times in life that failing one time, two times, three times, it doesn't matter. Just take the opportunity and run with it. Ooh, that was so good too. Definitely something to touch on. Yeah, failing. Failing is not bad. Failing is learning. Um, Mm -hmm. I've shared plenty of times on this podcast that uh, it's not like I just like popped out of the gate and created this successful brand, like with <laughs> no failure. I've had lots of failure online and it's the people who keep going and try to analyze on maybe, oh, why did this go the way that it did? And maybe make some tweaks, but try again. <laughs> That's really how you eventually get to where you want to be. A failure doesn't mean that you need to do a hundred degree pivot, like <laughs> do something totally different. Um sometimes that could actually, I think, hurt people if they're like, this didn't work. So I'm scrapping the entire idea and doing something totally different. Like maybe you just need some tweaks, you know? That's so true because sometimes you're so close to success, but you don't see it. And changing the strategy 180 degrees might not be the solution. Yeah. Like, for example, maybe you were like, oh, I'm going to start a blog and you do it for like three months and you're like, oh, I didn't get the results I wanted. Screw that. I'm doing Instagram. And then, (laughs) and then you do that for three months and then you're like, oh, this isn't working either. Facebook live, that's where it's at. And then the hopping around is if you had just taken those nine months and just stuck with one of those channels, you probably would have way better results. uh, You're becoming better as you learn. Yeah. Well, I really enjoyed talking with you today and hearing more about your background and all of the ways that everything has come together for you. And I know people are going to 
connect with the different, I feel like there was like little like wisdom drops <laughs> that happened to just like in our natural conversation. So I think people are going to feel really inspired um, and hopeful about their careers after this episode. Thank you. And I encourage everyone to just, you know, try different things and, and find your passion because it's a great, great profession. And it's just a matter of like finding what makes you happy and doesn't feel like work. And if people want to stay connected with you, is there a certain social media channel that you hang out on the most that people can go follow you? Yes. Uh, my Instagram account is at um, Evolving Dietitians. And my website for dietitians is the same, Evolving Dietitians. And I, I really love the name because I feel like we're always evolving. Well, great. Um, so again, I'll put all the, the links to find all of your resources and everything in the show notes if people are listening while they're driving or something but seriously thank you for coming on today and chatting with me thank you it was fun i loved it i hope you enjoyed that episode if you're feeling lost in a sea of influencers online and want some tips on how you can use seo aka search engine optimization to stand out and actually build a monetizable audience head over to seofreebie.com to get my free roadmap for success